Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi. This is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. All right, let's get it rolling here. It's the ML Sports Platter. All brought to you by our great, great friends over at Welch & Company Jewelers, the Allen Angus Pub, Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual, New York State, and Presswick Golf. If you're in and around Central New York, go ahead and get those golf clubs regripped. Court Street, unbelievable products as well. Uh, new and used clubs from the best brands in golf. Callaway, Ping, TaylorMade, Titleist, you name it. Ed and his staff do a great job, and uh, I go get my golf clubs regripped each and every single season at Presswick Golf, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Big tip of the cap, thank you as well, to Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, the Swan and Whitaker families, and the Vince Aguera Consulting Group for their support of the platform as well. Well, we are six weeks in the books in the NFL season, and it seems like every week goes faster than the last, and so this is my week six NFL uh, recap um, going all the way back to last Thursday. Uh, by the way, at the back end of this, uh, you're going to hear my crossover uh, Titans-Bills recap. I'm just going to throw that episode in a crossover here uh, from Bills Brawl. So that'll be just a total focus on that one game. It's about a 30-minute recap. So you'll get that after all of these games, which I'm going to rip, rip through pretty quickly. Uh, unbelievable uh, uh, start to the year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'd probably venture to say if I had to do power rankings, I think that they're probably number one. The defense is really starting to fly around. Um, and uh, you know what? They they lose players. Uh, they stockpile wins. It doesn't matter who's in there. Brady's leading the way. Fournette's having a great year. Brown uh, is fantastic. He's looking like vintage A.B., uh, and Tampa gets to win 28-22 over Philadelphia on the road, uh, a game in which I thought the Eagles were really, really uh, on, under or over overwhelmed with the Buccaneers. Uh, they were down by 14 at the half. Uh, they did make a strong second-half push, but they just don't have enough to keep up with Tampa Bay. 
Tell you what, in London, I was uh, quite stunned by this situation. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars got their first one of the year. I knew in my CBS Pick'em pool that I should have taken the Jags, though. Um, I'm just stunned at the way it happened is basically what I'm getting at. Uh, Jacksonville wins at 23-20 to with 13 points in the second half. And James Robinson, my guy on fantasy, was great again. 73 yards and a touchdown and 17 carries. Miami is really, really awful. And I think they've got to be right in there right now. Uh, Tua comes back, plays horrible. Um, you know, just doesn't seem to really be the guy. Had to throw it 47 times for 329 yards. If you think that's good, you live on a different planet. Uh, in today's day and age in the NFL, with how easy it is to throw and play quarterback and get yards, you throw it 47 times, you best be getting well over 400 yards. Let's be honest. Um, but the Jaguars hung in there, and they made some plays in the end. So kudos to the Jags. They're 1-5, and five, and now the Dolphins are 1-5. you got to put them and the Cleveland Browns and maybe a couple others in there as the most disappointing teams in football so far this year. Green Bay, I own you. Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears without a doubt. 17 to 23, 195 and two touchdowns. Didn't really have to do much. Uh, Devontae Adams didn't have a 100 yard game, but did enough. Chicago's pretty banged up, still no Montgomery. Uh, the Packers are 5 and 1, and I mentioned Tampa Bay. I'd probably put Green Bay right behind them as the second best team in the NFL. Bengals at Lions, unbelievable job by Joe Burrow. Throws three touchdowns in this game. Unbelievably efficient. I know it's the Lions, but God, the Bengals, that offense is so freaking fun to watch. They are must-see TV. I can't turn my eyes away when they come up on the red zone. Joe Burrow, Mixon, Jamar Chase, that team is flying around, and they're 4-2. and two. And I'm telling you right now, this Bengals team has got some oomph. And I think they're going to challenge for a wild card. I really do. They're six games in. I've seen enough. And Joe Burrow is a phenomenon. Colts over the Texans, 31-3. Quick takeaways here. Just the total control of the game by the Colts against a really, really bad team. And the knockout punch. You know, they played physical football finally. And Jonathan Taylor's a monster. 145 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, and 14 carries. Unbelievable day. For JT. The Rams go on the road to the New York football Giants, and the Giants are so pathetic. They're one and five, no weapons, nothing. They can't make any plays. They can't get off the field on third down. They give up huge plays. Stafford and Henderson and Cup, they ate them alive. Uh, Sean McVay wasn't, uh, uh, you know, going into this game. I, I, I think he wasn't really himself. I, I, I don't think he has been since they've gotten rocked, um, you know, by the Arizona Cardinals, but they're five and one. That's a really good football team. I'd probably put them actually at number three in all of football. I think the three best teams are actually in the NFC. Uh, We'll get to my other couple of top clubs uh, in a little bit here, Uh, but just a roll job by the Rams, 38-11. to The Giants are going nowhere fast. The Chiefs beat the Washington football team 31-13. to Man, you know, this game was a 13-10 lead at the half for Washington. But then the Chiefs scored 21 unanswered, and I'm not going to lie, this seemed like vintage Chiefs to me in the second half. Like they just instantly were like, okay, let's flip the switch on. You know, like we saw a couple years ago when they won in, you know, through the Super Bowl, right, the victories in the playoffs. Down double digits against the Texans, no problem. Down double digits to the Titans, no problem. Uh, they've been down before regular season games, the potpourri of times, no problem. And they just kept racking up the yards. A plethora of great plays from Patty Mahomes, 32-47 for 397 and two touchdowns. Williams was great on the ground. Kelsey spectacular through the air, catching the football. And oh, by the way, you know, I know that Justin Herbert's the fancy new toy, 
but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and he proved that again on Sunday. The Chiefs now up back up to three and three. Washington falls to two and four. Vikings 34-28 winners over the Panthers. An entertaining game, overtime, touchdown late. Cousins has been playing great football, and that's why Minnesota is three and three. That's it. If he wasn't playing this this good, I think they could be 0-6. I really do. And they have a three-pronged attack right now, like many others in football. It's Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, and then Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. In this game, Adam Thielen was the high man with 126 yards and a touchdown. Cousins shared the ball all over the place. Jefferson still had nine, uh, eight, eight for 80. But it's usually Jefferson as the number one wideout and in that three-pronged attack. They also have Thielen, who has the ability to do that as well. They have two options of guys who have number one ability. I don't think Thielen is a number one, but I think, you know, five, six, seven, maybe even half the season, eight games, nine games, he has the potential to be a number one on any given Sunday. Terrific stuff there. Sam Darnold has really cooled off. Carolina's starting to get really beat up at the line of scrimmage. They're making bonehead plays. Matt Rule's got to clean up a lot of it right now. They're just not buttoned up. Give Vikings uh, the Vikings credit here for winning this game, 34-28 on the road, hanging in there. 3-3 three and three are the Vikings and the Panthers. Ravens stomped the Chargers in the most dominating game of the weekend. Just a phenomenal effort from the Ravens' defense. They made Justin Herbert look, hum- look human, and Lamar Jackson continued to be Lamar Jackson. Mark Andrews was great. Devontae Freeman on the, on the ground uh, gave them just enough. Uh, Lamar, was, uh, he, had two, he had two interceptions. Uh, but he still obviously made his plays where he needed to. This was a big-time game defensively for the Ravens. This reminded me, this defense, of Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, you know, Sam Adams, uh, um, and those monsters up front, Siragusa and company. Uh, this defense was pounding on the Chargers from the get-go, and, uh, you know, I was wrong on this pick. I, I waffled for a little bit. Um, I said, this is a game the Chargers usually lose. They're going across the country, da-da-da. But Phillip Rivers isn't their quarterback, and they're a different team. Woo, I was wrong. Ravens 34-6. to They are 5-1. and They lead the AFC. Chargers are 4-2. and uh, I think I would venture to put the Ravens probably in there at number 4. Um, the Cardinals are 6-0 and after they wiped the field with the Browns, 37-14. Too hard of a game for Cleveland to win without Nick Chubb. I'm sorry. Uh, Baker Mayfield has to have a major, major, major ground game uh, in order to then create those play calls of Kevin Stefanski to go outside and around the pocket, hit people short and all the rest. But if you don't have Chubb in there, they're coming for you and they're making Baker throw off his back foot. They're making him throw uh, wildly into space. He's got a labrum, uh, torn labrum situation. He does, I guess he's going to play this, this week, um, but, you know, just not enough there from a ground game standpoint for Cleveland. And, um, you know, the Cardinals' offense is unstoppable right now. Kyler Murray, an MVP candidate. I don't have the Cardinals in my top five. Even though they're 6-0, and and they probably deserve the right to be, you know, somewhere way up there, uh, I don't have them at 6-0 because I don't trust them yet. i got to see another four or five weeks. If they're, if they're like 10-1, and one, then, then, I'll, then I'll be probably buying stock into the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals 6-0, Browns 3-3. Raiders beat the Broncos 34-24. Um, a really solid good win for the Raiders coming off of the John Gruden um, you know, resignation, which would have been a firing. Um, Raiders 4-2, Broncos 3-3. Josh Jacobs uh, ran for a touchdown. 
and uh, Derek Carr was spectacular. He's also in the MVP consideration talk as well. Cowboys beat the Patriots 35-29, to won this game in overtime. This was an unbelievable game. I mean, back and forth, you know, the Patriots got that 75-yard touchdown to answer, and the Cowboys uh, uh, forced them to go into overtime. Dak Prescott, also an MVP candidate. And I know there's some Cowboys fans out there who have followed me for a little while, and they're going to crush me for this comment too, but I don't have them in the top five. And the reason is I need a bigger sample size out of this Dallas Cowboy bunch. Every single year, it's the same shit with this team. Hype, expectations, great talent, blah, blah, blah. Let's see this over the course of 10, 11, 12 games. If they have lost just a few into that uh, into that area, uh, I might buy into them, okay? But I need to see more out of Dallas. We know that they usually take a complete and utter nosedive, but you have to be impressed with the playmakers that they have. Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb, leading the way. This offense right now is a juggernaut. Uh, Cowboys 5-1, and one, now Patriots are 2-4. and four. By the way, the Patriots, remember when they were completely and utterly dominant at home with Tom Brady? They used to go 8-0 and oh in, the play, in the regular season all the time and get that home field advantage and steamroll through the postseason. They're 0-4 oh at home. That's not having Tom Brady. That's all there is to it. Uh, and they probably aren't cheating anymore, right? Steelers 23-20 over the Seahawks. Physical Physical football game. No Russell Wilson in this game. The Steelers were extremely vulnerable, but there was no Russell Wilson. If they had Wilson, I think they would have won this game. Steelers win by a field goal. Big Ben was was okay. Uh, no offensive player on either side really, to me, showed a ton. Um, but uh, I thought it was still, nonetheless, I mean, a game that the Steelers had to have to keep their playoff hopes going. Both teams uh, now here... Uh, just are not right now. They don't look like playoff teams to me. Russell Wilson will be out for a couple more weeks, I think, with the broken finger. The Steelers are 3-3, three and three, and the Seahawks are 2-4. and four. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Sit Means Sit Syracuse, and our good friends over at Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. Log on to stanleylawoffices.com. I also want to point out our good friend Heather Saxton, who is in the real estate market. She is a certified licensed real estate salesperson, Heather at Hunt on Facebook. She makes home more than a place. She makes it a feeling. Call her today in and around central New York, the great state of New York. You're selling a home. You're buying a home. It is a headache, stressful, time-consuming. Call Heather today at 315-727-3313. That's 315-727-3313. Thirteen. Well, as I mentioned, I did a uh, Titans-Bills uh, recap from Monday Night Football on the Bills Brawl. Here is that episode. But first, this. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. You're listening to a Brawl Network production. This is a podcast for the best fans in the NFL. Are you in the mafia? Am I in the what? It's time for a Bills Brawl podcast. Second down and seven. Kelly with the tie. Touchdown. Bill Brooks. Allen. Deep shot. Touchdown. On the line to Stephon Diggs. And Thurman breaking tackles at the 22. Inside the 10. Touchdown Buffalo. It is indeed another edition of the Bills Brawl. I'm Mike Lindsley, your host. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. Full reaction to the Bills' loss against Tennessee. Uh, what a great game. We'll get into it in full here on this episode. So I think what I'm going to do in this episode is basically start from you know the end of the game um, and then kind of work backwards because the big, obviously, the big topic of conversation is... You know, the Bills um, going for it um, on on fourth down. Um, first of all, it, it's the NFL. There's nothing more uh, overreactionary than the NFL. Uh, everybody's an expert. Everybody thinks they know more than the coaches. Everybody thinks, you know, and, and I break down things and guess and predict just like the rest of them. But, but the fan takes it to a whole other level. And obviously I know that fan is short for fanatic, so I, I get that. But like all my buddies do it. Uh, fans on social media are just, they're tiring. And if Allen had made the first down, because they could have gotten a first down without getting a touchdown, if he had gotten the first down and then they had gone in the end zone, this morning it's all oh, the guts of Sean McDermott. What a great play call from the people who disagreed with the call and disagreed with going for it. Um, they would come back this morning if they scored and praised how the Bills are the best team in the league. They went on the road again to beat the Titans. Sean McDermott's got stones. Josh Allen's the MVP of the league. And instead, those people are kind of going the other way, and they're like, oh, he should have taken the points. What are you doing? Da, da, da. And by the way, uh, if, if you don't take the points and you go for it, then give me a better play call. Okay, folks, what better play call is there than having your 6'4", 240-pound quarterback go forward for eight inches? <laughs> Do you want a three-receiver set and let guys run around in the end zone with a chance that a ball could get thrown and deflected? Do you want a shotgun quarterback draw where you're already starting three, four yards behind the line of scrimmage? Do you want to, do you want to hand the ball off to one of your running backs who... It's never a guarantee what the hell those two guys are going to do. I mean, I, I, I appreciate and enjoy the growth of Zach Moss and certainly Singletary, but 
those guys aren't difference makers. And last you know night they tried to, as I record this, they tried to you know, run the ball with those guys over and over again to the tune of 13 total carries. Those guys only picked up 51 yards. Josh Allen had 26 yards himself. He was second in rushing in this game for the Buffalo Bills. What I'm getting at is that Josh Allen is 6'4 and 240 pounds. I'm all in on quarterback sneaks when it's fourth and short. There is no better play call when you have a quarterback of that size and that strength. And he went a little to the left there. But if you look at pre-snap, it looked like the Bills were going to get it easily. Uh, at least I thought so. The positioning and all the rest. Deion Dawkins also got pushed off of like his block just a little bit. But that wasn't the main reason, in my opinion, why Allen didn't get it. Allen slipped. I mean, look at it. He goes, He starts to move. Your, at, at first, the initial burst, I'm like, oh, he's going to get it easily. And then he just he slipped and then fell straight down. If he doesn't fall down, even though Deion Dawkins got taken out to a degree, I still think Josh Allen's momentum and Josh Allen's strength gets him to the first down. I do. I had no problem going for the fourth down and the victory. You're on the road. Do you really want to take your chances in overtime on the road? Don't all the experts always say, you know, don't, 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 you know, go for the tie and go in, 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 into OT on the road, right? The Bills had no answer for Derrick Henry. Uh, the Bills' defense was getting sliced and diced in the fourth quarter by Ryan Tannehill. They had no answer for the for the Titans' offensive line. The Bills' defensive line was super, super weak in this game. All of the things pointed against Buffalo in overtime. And the Bills had just driven all the way down the field, mind you, after a holding penalty took away an Isaiah McKenzie kick return. So the Bills showed stones by driving down and and scoring, um, or almost scoring, you know, after that holding penalty. And they were dominating the Titans in that specific drive to the tune of eight plays. Um, actually, well, I don't know. i got to find the play-by-play here. Um, but I, I was thinking it was eight plays. I had it written down. Um, trying to find, let me go to the, uh, bills. It was eight plays. Yeah. 79 yards and 244. I just wanted to double check on that. Um, you know, the play before the fourth down, Josh Allen, he, he ran it to the, to the left side and he, you know, got stopped just short of the, just short of the marker. You know, it was a play in which nobody was open. The Titans had it defensed and Allen, in typical Allen form, tried to jump over people to get the first down. Um, it was an unbelievable effort. Um, I was okay with that call 10 times out of 10. It's easy for people to say, you should have taken the points. You should have done this. You should have had a better play call. Well, guess what? There's another number, and I'm not saying that you have to look towards numbers and analytics and all that nonsense. Um you know, for, for everything. That's not what I'm saying. But there was a stat that I'm sure the Bills looked at and they had every right to go for it based on this stat. And here it is. Okay? Allen had been 13 for 14 on fourth and one or less run plays in his career going into the Titans game. 
The only time he didn't convert before was on a botched snap. Again, 6'4", 240 pounds, you need 8 inches. Let's not get carried away here. I witnessed on Friday the complete opposite decision by Dino Babers. Now, I realized that both teams lost the game, but it was totally different circumstances. Dino Babers had all the information in front of him. Andre Schmidt, after 40, you know, longer than 40, is a disaster. Uh, Dino Babers mismanaged the clock. Sean McDermott did not. Uh, you know, totally different circumstances. You have Josh Allen in this situation. Uh, similarly, you do have Garrett Schrader, who's kind of like a bigger guy. Um, you know, and you also have one of the best backs in the country in Sean Tucker. You know, you need you need a yard, um, sneak the ball up the middle, call timeout, take a couple shots towards the end zone or or, or close to, you know, and, and you try to go win the game if you're Syracuse. Uh, if, you, if you can't get in the end zone, you get 15, 20 minutes closer, okay, uh, 15, 20 yards closer, okay, then you kick the field goal and, and you go into overtime and you're at home and take your chances, right? Totally different circumstances. The Bills were a couple of yards away from going 5-1. and one. They were eight inches away from going five and one. I think it was about eight, ten inches. The spot looked a little funny to me. Um, you know, I couldn't tell it for like when he went out on on that third down play. I was like, oh my god, Allen only needs like two, three inches. And then they put the ball behind a little bit where I thought it was going to be. It, it, maybe eight, ten. It was no more than a yard clearly, but it looked like eight or ten inches to me. And again, I'm going with my quarterback. It shows amazing confidence in the players by Sean McDermott. This is a team that has stones. This is a team that is in the conversation to contend for the Super Bowl. This is a team that has an elite quarterback. This is a team that has playmakers across the field, everywhere. Diggs, Sanders, Beasley. They have dominated teams the last several weeks. The defense has come on. The offense is usually unstoppable. For the majority of it last night, the Bills showed that they were unstoppable. In fact, I was sitting there saying to myself, geez, the Bills you know, had a huge turnover and gave up a, a, a mega, mega long play by Derrick Henry, and we'll get into him in a minute. Um, but, you know, at the half, the Bills were still up 20-17. to 17. And I'm going, this is a win. <laughs> you know, this is a win. Now, they get the ball back, you know, kind of went back and forth. Nothing was going on. And then Tyler Bass hits a 52-yard field goal. Bills are up 23-17. Titans march right down the field for a touchdown. Um, 4.23 left, a long drive, a 6 26 drive over 67 yards and 12 plays. Henry caps it with a touchdown. They take the lead. But then the Bills offense comes right back in under four minutes. 75-yard drive, nine plays, and Tommy Sweeney, of all people, catches a touchdown pass to retake the lead 31-24. to Titans get the ball back in the fourth. They kick a field goal with 9.45 to play. Bills are still in the driver's seat, still in the driver's seat. They just can't get anything going. They can't, they can't take it down again, da-da-da-da-da. And then Derrick Henry scores again, 13-yard touchdown run. And you could just feel the momentum swinging right there. But at that moment, 
with 3.05 left to go. I said, perfect. I did. I said, this is excellent. The Bills, I believe, had all their timeouts left. Uh, McDermott and the coaching staff, Frazier, Dable, etc., they had utilized their timeouts and the clock management perfectly up till that point. And you have Josh Allen, who did it time and time again last year, and you have the utmost confidence in the world in all of your playmakers, utmost confidence in the world. You had the two-minute warning coming up. Everything was in your favor to go drive down the field and win the game or tie the game. You know, if the Bills were like at the 15-20 and they didn't have any timeouts after driving down and, you know, they probably would have taken one or two shots to the end zone. If they didn't get it, they kicked the field goal. But they weren't in that spot. They were down to a couple of yards to go, you know, to get in the end zone. And I was all good with it. In fact, I usually stay off Twitter for the duration of games, but I, I, uh, I had to... Yeah, I had to lose my mind over uh, over that two-point conversion, which was just an absurd play call with the with the reverse play, and then Knox throws the ball to Allen for a two-point conversion. It was just spectacular. Um, 31-24, uh, I hopped on and said, I had something like, OMG, what a play, whatever, whatever. Um you know, and, and then Tennessee gets a field goal and a touchdown, and, and I thought right then and there, off we go. You know, 34-31. I'm like, perfect. The Bills, and I tweeted at some people about this, and I said, no. You know, don't worry about what the Titans just did and play calling beforehand and all the rest. If you're playing and you're on the road and you have the utmost confidence in Josh Allen, you want to be in that spot. You want the ball last. Even if you're down, you want the ball last with a chance to win. And the Bills did have that situation. And they marched all the way down the field, and they just didn't convert a fourth down. I would have done that play 10 times out of 10. I would have called to go for it 10 times out of 10. Uh, the only way maybe I say no to it is if the Titan offense isn't manhandling the Bills as much, you know, um, especially up front with the offensive line. Tannehill was working off the play action. The bottom line was they weren't able to stop Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was the whole key to this football game. Um, the Bills have had success with him in the past, not so much uh, on Monday Night Football. They started strong. Um, the Bills started to bottle guys up. Tremaine Edmonds, the line, they were terrific. The uh, you know, Trey White was coming in making plays. The secondary was active, and then he burst for 76 yards, uh, and then he, you know, kept getting carry after carry after carry, and he scored three total touchdowns. He had 20 carries. He was not worked like a workhorse. Uh, he had only 20 carries. It wasn't like he had 25, 30, 35. This was not a Jim Brown, Paul Horning, and Jim Taylor or Emmett Smith or Barry Sanders type game here. This was 20 carries, and he had 143 yards, averaged 7.2 a carry and three touchdowns. He's the best running back in football, and it really isn't close. It's just not. I respect David Montgomery when he's healthy. I respect a ton of running backs. Uh, Derrick Henry is by far the best back, and he's setting records. He's changing the game the way he runs in this modern pass, you know, uh, crazy uh, uh, motion, uh, you know, RPO world that we live in, the 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 
that we live in with bombing the ball all the time and throwing it 80% of the time and on and on it goes. Derrick Henry is saying, yeah, good for you. Uh, I'm just going to go run for 2,000 yards in a pass-happy league. I mean, this guy is a beast, and the Bills couldn't stop him. That's really where the game was won and lost. It's that simple. And much to the chagrin of everybody out there who thinks, you know, and you know who you are, my, some of my tightest buddies, um, I had Derrick Henry on my fantasy this team this past week, and in classic fashion, we're all Bills fans in the fantasy league, and for some reason or another, we're all supposed to pick the Bills uh, in the CBS Pick'em, and we're all supposed to bench players when you, you play against the Bills. Um I didn't bench Henry because I had no other option. I, you know, if I had had a solid running back elsewhere, maybe I would have thought about it because I did like the Bills matchup going into this game, much like I liked uh, the uh, Rugs matchup against Denver, and that's why I sat Cole Beasley going into Monday Night Football. Clearly, I was wrong. Um, Beasley had a, a great game. Beasley was active. Beasley, um, you know, caught a touchdown pass. He had 88 yards on seven catches, an average of 12.6. Um, Ruggs scored on the first drive against Denver, and it looked like he was going to be able to expose them and do everything possible, and then he just stopped getting targeted. Um, that's football, that's fantasy. But to think that I want my fantasy team to win and Derrick Henry to succeed in getting to that end result more than I want a Bills win, you're just simply clueless. Um, the bottom line is the Bills couldn't stop Henry, um, and, and it came back to bite him. And, you know, I do give, I give Tennessee a lot of credit from this standpoint. They made a ton of defensive adjustments in order to slow down the Buffalo Bills offense in the second half. The Bills put up 20 points in the set in the first half. They only put up 11 in the second half. That touchdown of the two point conversion were, um, you know, were obviously nine points of that. Um, you know, but, but this was a game where, um, you know the Bills. Um, they really needed. Um, they really needed to stop Henry. I mean, that's that's really all there is to it. Um, excuse me. Eight of eight points of that because six and two equals eight, not nine. Uh, and then the field goal, obviously, to make it eleven points scored in the second half. But if you think about it, the Bills' offense was contained all the way until that last drive of the third quarter. They were contained in the fourth quarter. All the way to the end until that last drive when they went for it on fourth down. It's just, that's that's football. Tennessee made adjustments. Tennessee was also missing guys on both sides of the ball. The Bills were a relatively healthy squad. Okay, where was Matt Milano? Matt Milano played in this game, was nowhere to be found. Did not do anything against the run game. You know, was he healthy all the way? I don't know, but he wasn't a factor. He had two total tackles. He was exposed. You know, where... When Henry made that long run, they handed the ball to the right. Milano got shielded off. You know, he kind of came up to the line a little bit. Henry makes one cut and he's gone. You know, if Milano stays at home, maybe he makes a play or at least bumps Henry to slow him down, and it's not a 76-yard carry. Um, he was very disappointing. Uh, Harrison Phillips was okay. Um, you know, I thought Tremaine Edmonds was outstanding. Taron Johnson was outstanding. Jordan Poyer had the pick, and he was outstanding uh, all over the field. Micah Hyde, I mean, they didn't let deep, deep balls go, but they were able to pick, they being the Titans, were able to pick the Bills apart in terms of the middle of the field. Um, 
you know, and I, I look at this situation with the secondary of the Bills, uh, it's a very dangerous thing if a team is able to run the ball just even uh, average. In this case, the Titans ran it from a superior standpoint. Um, but, you know, if you can run it just a little bit, this defense can get moved and shifted all over the place off play action, off rollouts. I did not like what I saw, you know, in that second half out of the Bills' defense. This is a defense that had come in. They were taking the ball away. They were exposing offenses, whether it be Mahomes or a backup quarterback. Uh, schedule be damned. Critics be damned. The Bills were dominating going in. Period. End of discussion. Um, and for the defense to kind of get manhandled like that a little bit at the line, oh, by the way, Tennessee, part of their injuries on both sides of the ball, Taylor Luan went out. You know, that's a, that was a huge loss. Um you know, it appears it's probably a concussion situation. Uh, the Bills' defense was not good. I mean, they just didn't show up. And you can second-guess the moves all day that McDermott made, you know, benching A.J. Epinesa and going with, you know, because A.J. Epinesa's better against the pass, get after, you know, the quarterback, etc. cetera, uh, isn't as stout against the run. So you bench him. And you've got Harrison Phillips in there, who's a better run defender. F.A. Obata got in there a little bit. Okay, well, it didn't pay off, clearly. You know, Phillips was hit and miss. Obata was hit and miss. Obata's more of an edge rusher anyway. But those were some of the moves, and they backfired. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. However you shake it down, this whole game came down to going for it on fourth down. You know, that decision, trying to win it a couple yards out of the uh, out of the end zone, and I thought the Bills were very, very uh, 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 ballsy in a good way in going for it, and I would have done it 100 times out of 100, and I would have sent Allen right up the shoot every single time as well. Maybe he should have gone straight forward. Maybe he should have gone straight up and over and just put the nose of the ball over and you get the first down there. I don't know, but it looked like pre-snappy was going to get it, he slipped. Deion Dawkins was pushed off his block a little bit. And, you know, that happens. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Quick look at the box score here, and then I'll wrap up with uh, one other thought uh, as the Bills head into the bye week, which I don't like this early, by the way, um, especially for a roster that's relatively healthy. I'd rather have it in a couple weeks down the line, but, well, that's how it goes. Uh, Josh Allen, 35 of 47, 353 yards. 7.5 average, three touchdowns, did throw a really bad pick, didn't see the pressure coming from the right side, uh, had a 59.9 QBR and a 107.8 rating. I mentioned Singletary and Moss, uh, you know, five carries, 27 for Singletary, eight and 24 for Moss. Allen had nine and 26, Isaiah McKenzie with one and five. Um, the Buffalo receiving, Emmanuel Sanders, nice game, five catches, 91 yards. Uh, Diggs went for 9 and 89 and a touchdown. Cole Beasley went for uh, 7 and 88 and one touchdown. Gabe Davis, 2 for 25. Knox, 3 for 25. Singletary, 5 for 16. Zach Moss, 2 for 15. McKenzie, 1 for 3. Tommy Sweeney, 1 for 1. That touchdown, of course, on his end. Uh, defensively, Tremaine Edmonds, fantastic. Tremaine the terrific, right? 10 total tackles, 8 solo. Uh, one tackle for a loss. Taron Johnson went 6 for 4. Poyer four and three, and then of course one uh, interception. Micah Hyde three and three. Jake Kumaro got in the act three and three. Levi Wallace three and three, but he got kind of exposed in this game, you know. Um, and and that's a continued. I think Levi Wallace has played 
fine up until that point last night, but he does, he, he boy, I'll tell you, he has some real trouble with physical number two guys. I, I mean, he just, he physical wide receivers, big, strong, uh, possession-type guys, body off. He just cannot handle those guys, can't cover them, and he got nailed last night on several occasions. Um, you know, and then, like I said, Obata, Phillips, Russo, you know, a couple tackles here and there for all these guys. They were all right. Tyler Matikiewicz was solid. Milano was absent. Uh, Justin Zimmer was okay. Mario Addison, not good. A.J. Klein, where was he? You know, so a lot left on the table for the Bills in terms of their defensive performance. Ryan Tannehill went 18 of 29 for 216, had one interception, no touchdowns, didn't play great, didn't play awful, um, played better as the game went on. But again, a lot of that had to do with the best running back in football. 20 carries, 143 yards and three touchdowns, an average of 7.2 uh, for Derrick Henry. Receiver-wise, A.J. Brown, he was battling the food poisoning, of course. Uh, you had to hear about that 400 times on the broadcast. Uh, seven catches for 91 yards. Julio Jones, three for 59. Um, uh, Nick Westbrook, three for 27. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce Westbrook Ikinhi. Ikinhi? Ikine? I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, Westbrook, and then whatever it is. Uh, Henry, two for 13. Uh, Ferkser, I thought, was going to be a bigger, bigger uh, X-factor tight end. He was not. He had that one catch, I think, for a first down early. Uh, that was a brutal, brutal, brutal uh, defensive effort by the Bills. It was third and long early in the game, and the Bills gave it up to Ferkser, and I'm going, what the hell? And then from there, they shut him down. Uh, it was one of those plays where Tannehill, you know, the pocket was kind of collapsing, and he was panicking, and he flipped it to him. Really, really pissed me off. Um you know, Swain went one catch for eight yards. Rodgers, one for seven. Tennessee defense, can't say enough about David Long uh, Jr., who was absolutely fantastic in this game, uh, although he should have been kicked out of the game, uh, if you ask me. Uh, the linebacker wearing number 51, he did get a penalty for uh, hunting Josh Allen's head when he was kind of just a, a, a you know selfless uh, a player um, uh, in the pocket, and he was going to go down anyway. Uh, the whistles uh, were coming, and Long just went in and blasted helmet to helmet on Allen, and that should have been a complete and utter uh, ejection. There's no other way to say it. I don't care if it's the Bills. I don't care if it's somebody else. That's that's an uncalled for, uh, and he should have been gone. Uh, but while he was in there, he was a performer. Uh, Monty Hooker, nine total tackles for six, and six were solo. Molden, uh, nine for six, nine and six. Landry, the third, eight and five. Evans, seven and four. Chris Jackson, five and five, and on down. Uh, the list for the Tennessee Titans, those were some of the high marks for them defensively. Final thoughts, Buffalo Bills still in fine shape. Um, they're, they're in a great spot. Um, they're 4-2. Uh, if they had won that game and they were 5-1, and one, it would be them and the Ravens at the top, obviously. Now it gets a little bit more interesting because Buffalo, you know, you got Kansas City now 3-3. Three and three. You got the Chargers at 4-2. and two. You got to deal with, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are hanging around even, and they beat you. In, 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 you know, in week one. Um, so there are some things to pay attention to here um, in terms of the AFC picture. The Bills could have really taken another step forward in trying to get that one seed. However, they're 4-2. and two. They have a bye week. This loss is going to stew in them for two weeks. I think they're going to come out hungry and obliterate Miami. They'll go to Jacksonville. I think they win that game, and then I think they win on the road against the Jets close. And I think the Bills are 7-2. and two. And then I think they come home and beat the Colts. I think they're 8-2 and two going into the New Orleans Saints game on the road. I don't think a couple of those games I don't think will be easy because I think the Colts will be improved by then. 
Um, the physicality has been lost there, but Carson Wentz has actually been playing pretty solid football. If you're 8-2, and two, you go into that Saints game, that's a winnable game too. You know, hell, you could even rail, you know, reel off uh, a bunch of wins here in a row. As Josh Allen would say, stacking wins. Then you got, you know, you got New England, you got at Tampa, you got Carolina at home, you got at New England, you've got Atlanta at home, and then the Jets at home. This Bills schedule, really the only team that you look at and go, mm, I might not pick the Bills, is at Tampa Bay. The Bills are still in amazing shape. They've played six games. They have 11 left. I mean, I think if you can go, you know, I think I think let, I think they might they probably could be able to go nine and two here, right? They could go nine. I think nine and two. Uh, nine and two would put you at a thirteen and four mark. Uh, if they somehow went ten and one, I got to believe that's good enough for the home field. Uh, and plus, let's not really kid ourselves here. Everybody else is going to have a game like the Bills just had. They are. They're going to lose a game. Something will happen. There's an injury. Somebody goes for it late in the game. They don't. You know they don't get it. Um, you know, the Bengals are 4-2. and two. I, I think they'll tail off a little bit. But the AFC playoff picture, you know, the Bills at 5-1 and one today, does it look a lot different? Boy, it sure does. Because uh, then it's them and the Ravens, and then 4-2 and two teams, Bengals, uh, uh, Titans. Um, actually, the Titans would have been 3-3. Three and three. So that's, again, that's a big swing game there. Record-wise, the Bills would have been way ahead uh, of Tennessee for home field. Chargers 4-2, and two, Vegas 4-2. and two. Uh, so it, it, it is a different look, 4-2, and 5-1. and one. When you look at those standings, the Bills, good good grief. They would have been, um, you know, they would have been a couple ahead of the Titans. They would have been one ahead of several teams, uh, Ravens and the Bills at the top of the division. But uh, as it turns out, they lose. Um, you know, we'll see how this AFC picture, playoff picture uh, comes into to shape. Um, but, you know, teams are going to lose in the NFL. Um some things are going to work out, some aren't. Uh, you know, the Ravens have got the Bengals. The Ravens have the Vikings, a team that's playing well in the next two. Uh, they go at Miami, at Chicago, Cleveland at home, at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, Green Bay at home, at Cincy, Chargers, Pittsburgh. Excuse me, Rams, Pittsburgh. So the Ravens schedule, they've got some bumps in the road too. So we'll see what happens. But at the end of the day, the Bills, it was a great game, amazing Monday Night Football game. Uh, terrific, terrific stones, and good for you, Sean McDermott, for going for it on fourth down. Bills fans, enjoy your bye week. Uh, next week will probably just be a, a preview um, for the next game against the Dolphins at home. That is a Halloween Sunday. I'm Mike Lindsley. You've been listening to Bills Brawl. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Angie's List is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. 
where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com slash cloud. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.